Good morning, my name is David Barr. I am very new here. Your newest uh, clergy member in a sea of new clergy. Um, And I just wanna say I'm so grateful to be here. It's such a joy and a pleasure. My wife Caroline and I have felt nothing but welcome from y'all and so we're we're very grateful, thank you. Um, This being my first uh, sermon, I, I thought that it was fitting to start with something Basic, maybe foundational is the better word. And so we'll spend this time really just focusing on one verse. It's from the Second Timothy reading. It's verse eight. I'll read it in a second. But the question that I think that this verse invites to all of us, to each of us, is this. What is your gospel? What is your gospel? And I really don't mean this is a trick question. This is what Paul, in fact, sort of gets into at the end of it. He writes, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, a descendant of David, that is my gospel. You'll notice that the that here, the that of Paul's gospel really consists of two things. It's one, that Jesus is raised from the dead, and two, that Jesus is a descendant of David. I think most of us who've been around churches would expect that first part, right? I think if you have spent any time in a Christian church, you'll know, I hope, that it is essential that Jesus died and rose from the dead. That's one of the fundamental commitments of the Christian faith. But I think it's the second part that we often overlook. It's my goal this morning to sort of synthesize the two, to show you how these two facets of the gospel must and in fact, always have gone together. Jesus must be raised from the dead, and he must be a son of David. And this is important to establish, I think, not because theology is really important, although I think that it is, but because the gospel for you, for me, will quickly swirl out into a sort of abstraction, to a kind of undefinable, generic mist, unless we see that Jesus was, in fact, raised from the dead, and he was a descendant of David. And I personally am fully persuaded that most of us actually do think of our gospel in two abstractive terms. It's too much like some insurance policy that we've forgotten in heaps of paperwork, or it's an ideological resource for our own opinions, or maybe it's simply a means of coping with our own insecurities. And it can definitely be those things. I hope that it is those things for you, in fact. But only if It first is about Jesus who was raised from the dead and who is a descendant of David. And the the first part of this equation, I think, I hope, is obvious. Paul is clear here and elsewhere that the gospel is about Jesus' resurrection from the dead. The Christian, united to Christ in baptism, undergoes the death and resurrection of Jesus. This is basic to the Christian commitment. He even says later in our reading, verses 11 and 12, the saying is sure. If we have died with him, we will also rise with him. If we endure with him, we will also reign with him. Again, nothing abstract here. That Jesus, that resurrection, those are the foundation of the good news. As Paul even writes elsewhere, if Christ is not raised, then your faith is in vain. You might as well go off to brunch, or golf course. There's nothing really subjective here, again. Of course, whether you think it's true or not is important. I hope you don't take that away. That's essential, what you think about Jesus dying and rising. 
is of the utmost importance, but for, for, for Paul, faith in this gospel is clearly not about a gen- generic commitment. It's not about some notion of divine goodwill. It's not about your understanding of the disposition of the universe or whatever. It's about a Jewish man in the first century who was executed, really died, and then came back to life. The gospel is about an actual thing, something God has done, and something that God is doing even now. I'll never forget, I had a roommate some years ago, uh, and he was a biomechanical engineer, and he was bright, very, very thorough, and he had this uh, ongoing struggle with the Christian faith. It was basically this, how, how do I know if, if I love God enough, or how do I know if I've confessed all of my sins? How can, I, how can I take into account all of them? Do I believe in God enough? And at that time, I didn't really know how to cancel, counsel him. Um, wasn't ordained yet. That's when you get the magic. And um, so I eventually came to realize, however, that the issue really was that his gospel, it was less about Jesus being risen from the dead and far more about how he felt and what he thought. And again, those aren't bad things. There is a real sense in which the gospel requires an act of faith. Show up. It requires that. But it actually has very little to do with how you think or feel. And to me, that is such good news. See, Christian hope should actually have far less to do with how you think about the world or how you currently feel about your life, but it should have everything to do with something that God has done in raising Jesus from the dead. It doesn't depend on how you're feeling about your job or your kids or your roommate or the status of your bank account. It depends on what Jesus has done, being raised from the dead by the power of God and the Spirit. But make no mistake, this doesn't mean that it has nothing to do with you. In fact, I think it has everything to do with you, with each of you and me. And this is what this second part of Paul's depiction in the gospel is about. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. You see, Jesus' work of redemption, it's not something that shows up unexpected as as a meteor shows up falling from the sky. It's not a showing up of a generic prophet who pops up once every few millennium or something. Jesus comes as a son of David which is to say he is carried through the generations of God's chosen people, Israel. And so all of the Old Testament reveals with acute particularity just how the gospel has to do with you. That is, with specific characters, with families, vocations, struggles, and with names. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Boaz, Obed, Jesse, David, Hezekiah, Manasseh, Joseph. And now the gospel... God's favor, his grace for your life gathers and is carried by you and yours. Paul, Thomas, Stephen, Augustine, Bede, Joe, Sally, Clint, Jack, Lee, and you. It's about you and your life. And this is exactly why Paul says to remember my gospel. Because it's about the resurrection of Jesus and it is also about how that living God confronted him on the road to Damascus, called him by name, Veiled his sins, gave him a new name, carried him through riots, shipwrecks, councils, 
prison cells, and even the chains from which he wrote his letters to Timothy. That is Paul's gospel. It's the gospel that he claims as his own because it's claimed all of his life. So my question again for you and for me is, is it yours? What is your gospel? How has God gathered you to himself? Did he deliver you from your own family like Joshua? Did he save you from your own religiosity like Paul? Did he edify you with failure like David? Or did he call you out of your own vocation and give you a new calling as he did with the apostles in their nets? Remember, no abstract gospel will save you. And in fact, no abstract gospel will compel your heart. And probably nothing exemplifies this better uh, than situations of loss or, or tragedy. My mom, uh, if you were to ask her about her story or her testimony, uh, the, 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 the basic part of it, or the beginning of it, would be the loss of her parents. When she was 13, she lost her dad to cancer, and then when she was uh, in college, she lost her mother. It was devastating for her. And one of the things that she'll tell you is that lots of folks' efforts to encourage her and give her helpful spirit, spiritual advice weren't actually all that helpful. You all know this, you've experienced it. You know, telling someone that God loves them at a funeral of a loved one. It's true, of course, but doesn't it feel emotionally dissatisfying? It doesn't connect. The problem is that it's too abstract. And for my mom, in fact, it wasn't later until later in her life until she was able to recognize God's love for her and details and the specifics and other people, in times of prayer, in specific stories and characters of scripture, and relationships that lasted for decades. It had to become specific. So if you want to see God's love for you, if you want to see the gospel, if you want to claim the gospel, you must see it in the cross and resurrection and in the gathering of all of your circumstances so that you might become a child of God. The gospel of Jesus can indeed become your gospel if you pause to see it in each new detail. So, only the fundamentals today from a newbie. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. That is my gospel and yours. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.